Chicago, Illinois. Hi, I'm Devin, and I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're best friends! <laughs> we started this weekly podcast to hold each other accountable? Yes, Devin, accountable around health and wellness. Welcome, Welcome to, to Weekly Buddy Time! time. Well, should we get this party started? I got my box of Boda box of wine because <laughs> we're fun of fucking quarantine and all the bars are closed. So um, yeah. this is a this is a Friday night. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I hope you have more than one box of wine since we're quarantined. I Illinois do. Is on a lockdown until April seventh. I heard that. I did yeah. hear that. So. Um, what are you drinking? Oh, uh, yes, so I'm drinking some wine tonight. Um, that seems to be my go-to drink lately. Um, yes. But uh, it's called Chateau Sovereign. Um, it's mm. actually got a really cool label. It's There's an X, and then in each quadrant of the X, there is a crown, a bear, a leaf of some kind, and then like a it says 1944, which I'm guessing is when they started. So... It's just a really cool label. It's a Merlot 2014 from California. Um, Nice, nice. I don't know. I just really like the label. So it's Chateau Sovereign Merlot. I like that. Chateau Sovereign. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just have the Nighthawk Black Boda Box. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you keep your wine cellar intact. It's a Pinot Noir. That is, yeah. My wine cellar is full and... um, I'm just, I got several boxes of wine mm-hmm. now, so we're just going to go through that for a while. Um, yeah, but it's, but I think I mentioned this before, it's very dangerous for me to have a box of wine because with a bottle, I can be like, oh, that's half a bottle. And then, but I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I forget how much I've, I've drunk until I'm like, ooh, I feel pretty tipsy now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what happened so, to me earlier. Like, don't get me wrong. I've always been a lightweight. But earlier, <laughs> I was cooking dinner. So I went ahead and popped open the bottle of wine and started drinking it. And I got like halfway through the glass, like half, halfway. And I was just like drunk. <laughs> and I was just like, what? How did this? How did this happen? I don't know. Are you hydrating as much now that you're home? Because see, this is what I found. I am not. And I think that has something to do with it. Well, you know, I am pro water all the time. All water all the time. Um, right. And so I... All water yes, all the time. I agree. I have not been drinking as much water. So I bet you're right. Uh, and I just worked out. So first, I've only had about 16 ounces of water. So not very much at all. And then I did a really right. hard workout. And I just finished it and then started drinking. So... Oh. Yep. 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 Well, yep, yep, I yep. a little more because I was probably... So I probably had... Uh, 22 so maybe 20 22 ounces of water but still that's nowhere near enough no 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 oh my god yeah so all right well what are we doing tonight Stacey? <laughs> well i don't know if you know this but this is episode 69 uh so we nice. decided to make it about sex Whoop, whoop. Getting a little scandalous. It is the sex episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm uh, gonna take my clothes off. And, <laughs> that's uh, normal. That's just that's just every day. That's normal. That's just how I podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my podcasting gear. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> headphones and nothing, nothing else. else. <laughs> 
But we actually are going to talk very specifically about Emily Nagaski. Is that how That's you say, how I say it? So she is a writer and a educator, right? She's a sex educator. Is that what we discovered about her? Yes, she's a teacher. Yes, a teacher. Um, uh-huh. And uh, so she writes and talks about sex all the time. So we um, we started reading the book Come As You Are, and we watched a few TED Talks by her, and I thought we'd mm-hmm. kind of talk about maybe probably focusing, I guess, on the TED Talks that we watched. And then we could also talk a little bit about the book in general if you if you want. Um, but... Yeah, the TED Talks are... Cause, so I had started the book. I'm halfway through the book. And then I watched the TED mm-hmm, Talks. Mm-hmm. And that... Um, like, they're, they're in the books. So we're kind of talking about both when we talk about the TED Talks. Because they're... Like, those same conversations are in the book. Yeah, that's what, that's what I've been noticing. I'm only 15% of the way through the book. Because I'm not listening to yeah. it. I'm reading it with my eyeballs. So it takes... <laughs> with my eyeballs... Uh, so it takes a little yeah. bit more time. Um, but yeah, so far, it seems like a lot of the themes in the book were in the TED Talks, because I watched those first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really mm-hmm. like them. Um, I guess, where yeah. should we start? Like, should we just like hit each TED Talk? Or um, what do you think? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that works. I mean, because that gives us specific topics to kind of start with. Um, that way um yeah okay that sounds cool. awesome i'll say just in general because this is just a general statement uh, i do enjoy um her the way she presents things her energy her tone her approach her analogies like yes i enjoy the way that she, she's obviously very comfortable i mean obviously she's comfortable talking about sex but she's obviously very comfortable in front of people yeah like she during those TED Talks, she was not reading anything. She was just, and it and it wasn't that she sounded fake in that, you know how sometimes people are so rehearsed right. that you can tell that they're going through something. I mean, she just, it just flowed like a natural conversation and she was so comfortable. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy listening and watching her. I think, I think she does a great job. Right, right. No, I totally agree. I, she's definitely, like, this is the person that I need to listen to talk about sex. Like, yes, uh, yes. as opposed to anyone else I've ever heard talk about sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because she, she talks to me. <laughs> like, very, right. yeah. very personally. I felt like she was a kindred spirit. Not just because Aww. she has my hair. <laughs> right. Yes, she does. Yeah, she does have your same hair. So, Okay, well, we can get into the like the specific TED Talks and then we can kind of wrap up with our thoughts about the book and then any other things that we want to bring up. Um, so the first one that I watched was The Truth About Unwanted Arousal, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting topic. And one of the first things that she started talking about when she was talking to the crowded group of people in the TED Talk was this idea of a squick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Where did that word even come from? <laughs> which I really loved, like, which is the idea of being surprised or embarrassed or like not knowing what to do. Uh, and I was like, oh my god, it's Stacy when she's talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is making me so uncomfortable. <laughs> and just so our listeners know, 
when when uh, we pitched, I think I might have actually said, "Let's make the epi- episode sixty nine about right. sex." And then I was like, "Oh my god, I just gave myself so much anxiety." <laughs> and so I was like, "Devin, you have to lead this conversation because uh." So yeah, I think I'm squeaking right now. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so she talks about um the difference between liking and like the idea that something is good or not and then wanting which means like you're going towards something as opposed to um you know or going away from something so it's like the these are like the different ways that your brain uh reacts to things so you like it you want it. Uh, and then there's also this kind of learning that happens too. So like there's this Pavlovian response. Yes. Um, and then, uh, so I liked that. And then she talks about what arousal non-concordance is, um, which I think was, this is like such an important topic, which I had never thought about before, um, which is the idea that stimulus is like you're looking at stimulus and you're looking at your subjective experience and basically what it means is like your genital behavior is not going to necessarily predict how you want something or you like something so um which i thought was really interesting because i think i've been fortunate not enough personally to never be in the situation but i have heard situations yeah. where um you know a, a partner will be like well obviously you know you want this because you're you know like you're saying no or you're you're resisting or whatever and they're like well look you're so turned on right now you know you're wet or whatever oh yeah, yeah. and um like and that can be like that's so problematic on so many different ways um and I, but i think i guess i have experienced like my body doing things that I was just like, I really don't, this is not what I'm interested in. This is not what I want. But why is my body like, yeah, thinking, yeah, let's do this. Like, no, shut up, body. So I've definitely had that experience. <laughs> right. right um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but the idea is that it's, these things are not necessarily linked together. So, yes. um, the most important thing is that your partner needs to listen to you and listen to your words. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about gaslighting with this whole idea. You say you feel one way, but your body clearly says you want something else. And it all relates to consent. And, um, she really focuses a lot in that. And she talks a lot about like sexual violence and, um, you know, what a big problem that is. Um, and one of the quotes that she has in, in this Ted talk is, you know, my genitals do not tell you what I want or like I do. And I really liked that too. Yeah. Cause I was like, yes, <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I also liked, and this comes into play, not just in this Ted talk, but in a lot of her other stuff in her book and stuff about this idea of, am I normal being a question that we always ask about, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is like, is this a normal thing to be like? <laughs> it's like for some reason I'm like uh, driving down the road and all of a sudden I'm really turned on, even though there's nothing turning me on. What? Am I weird? <laughs> uh, that's, that stop sign was really sexy. Uh, you know, um, don't understand why all of a sudden I'm like, whatever, but this is how it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, am I normal? And, um, you know, am, 
and I, she says here, why do we want to be normal about our sexuality? Don't we want to be extraordinary? And I liked that idea. It's like everyone, yeah. you know, no, there is no normal when it comes to these sorts of things. And then the other thing that people ask is, do I belong? And she, her, her answer to that was a resounding yes. As long as there is consent and no unwanted pain, you are free to do whatever you want. And I really liked that too. So, yeah. I mean, those are like the highlights of that particular TED Talk. But for me, it was just really like the major takeaway was just this idea that I hadn't really thought about that your body and your brain, you know, can be at odds with each other. And number one, how problematic that can get to be depending on the situation. And then number two, the fact that what you want and what you feel like in your heart and in your mind is much more important and trumps whatever is happening, you know, below your belt, you know, like, yes. and so I liked that too. So yeah. What about you? What Did you have any yeah. notes or thoughts on this particular Ted talk? Um, no, I did. I didn't take any notes in particular, mm. but, um, I do just think that, um, yeah, I think we often think that our body i guess it's hard because you know you're like oh i want to listen to my body but you know there's more to it and you can't assume that we do have a brain and a other bits so we can't (laughs) assume that they're just on the same page and i think it is people do normally assume that they're on the same page and that you know right it's just yeah so yeah I know. And yeah, I, I really like how much she reinforced, like pretty much, she almost says it too much, at least in the book, um, You Are Normal, which I get why she's doing right, it. Right, right. And I appreciate it. But it's like, it's like almost every other sentence. Like she's like, you know, she says a thing and then she's like, you are normal. She says a thing. You are normal. Right. She says a thing. You are normal. <laughs> she should have just called the book You Are Normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But what comes you are is kind of like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, kind of um, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I guess it is. It's just a better way of saying it, honestly. Right. So that yeah. was the that was the first TED talk I watched, and then the second one was how couples mm-hmm. can sustain a strong sexual connection for a lifetime, which yeah. uh, I thought was very important to me <laughs> because I do have a partner. <laughs> yes, that I'm hoping to yeah. uh, you know stay with for a while. Um, yeah. And so I thought that this was really interesting because she talks about what strong sexual connection is not. You know, it's not like, oh, we can't, you know, we got to have sex all the time and we're going to do wild, crazy things. And we can't like Mm -hmm. we we have to if we see each other, we got to like go do stuff like that's not necessarily a strong sexual connection. Um, Yeah. And I think when people have been together for a long time, there is this pressure of oh, we have to have sex every day. Right, you know, yeah, exactly. Or like our friends are, you know, and there's just this perception and no one talks about that that's not really happening. But that's, that's you know, so that's like she's demythifying. Yeah, exactly. Mystifying. Yes, yeah. yes. Because no one, no one's talking about, because no one wants to admit it, but everyone thinks they have to do it, but no one's doing right. it. Right, exactly. Well, and that, and also, um, you know, people who have that connection aren't necessarily having a strong sexual connection, you know, and like, right. or at least a yeah. sustainable strong sexual connection. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, uh, so I had someone tell me one time, I'm not going to go into too many details, but <laughs> someone told me one time that they were literally having sex every day and 
I knew because I knew some of backstory, but like they were in a very unhealthy relationship. Right. And they were having sex every day because it was almost like a control thing. Right. No, yeah. I'm not saying having sex everything is a control thing, but I'm just saying that they were like bragging about it when really it was a it was a power play. Yeah. From the guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that is a thing. And I think that also, you know, like whenever you first find somebody, it's always exciting, you know? Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. And so there's a, and I think there's a lot of stuff that can lead to that, to that kind of um, passionate connection that makes you just want to like do it like bunny rabbits. Um, Right. Yeah. But... But we're talking about sustained. Right, exactly. Like, does that mean... After the initial... Right, exactly. So she talks about responsive desire, um, which I really liked. You know, it's like, it's not necessarily mean that you're going to go off and find your partner and be like, let's do it right now. But it's like, whenever you're together and you're all cuddly, you're like, oh, this feels kind of nice. You know. Yeah, it's like yeah. you anticipate that pleasure is happening, and then you know, then you're like into it, which you know I've definitely experienced that. Yeah. So I understand what that, oh, what yeah. that is. Um, well, and I think I don't think she said it in this TED talk, but she said in the book she was talking about um, how random sometimes when you're in a relationship for a long time, random acts can cause you to get excited or something. Right, yeah. I t- one of the funniest things I remember is one time uh, James was helping me paint a room. This was in our first house that we had together. And he was helping me paint a room. And I don't know why, but I was just like so turned on <laughs> by him doing, just painting. But I, I guess it was like, it was probably a collaboration of we're building a home together. Right. He's helping me, you know, just like these like, and, you know, I don't know, like nurturing type, building a nest. Right, exactly. Instinct. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was just sitting over there painting a wall and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> you know, like, nice. You know, like it was so funny. He's like, I'm so confused. What's happening right now? And I'm just like, just, <laughs> just, just, just put it. the, just put the paintbrush down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely understand um, that. For me, it's like almost yeah. every, every single time Thomas cooks for me. Uh, it's like that mm-hmm. does it. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is. Of course, we we've already yes. talked about the fact. I mean, like that is a thing. That is like one of yes. that's one of Devin's turn-ons. If you prepare yes. food in a uh, flourishy manner, then I'm I'm there. <laughs> just, make, just make me a sandwich, so and funny. I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because like you know maybe because you're always taking care of everyone else. Maybe Aww. you get excited when someone takes care. Yeah, of Yeah, no, it's very much like you're you're. Feeding, you're in you're nourishing me you're nurturing me in this way yeah. so that's yeah. very yeah. yeah so so i thought that was cool um then she talks about what strong what sustained strong sexual connection is and so she talked about like the the two things that are really mm-hmm. uh important and one of those is that you got to have a strong friendship as the foundation uh, and specifically, yes. you've got to trust each other and be there for each other. And so I thought that was like absolutely <laughs> true. Like, I can't, oh, I can't yeah. even imagine it. Like, if you didn't have a strong foundation with somebody that you trusted, like, that is so important. Um, and then the other thing is that you have to prioritize sex. So you just decide that this is a thing that is important. So you're going to create time and space for it to happen. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought that was true too. And I feel like the times in my life when 
um, you know, maybe I haven't been connecting sexually as much as I wanted to, that the, it's not so much that the connection wasn't there, but that I wasn't making it a priority, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But also, and I guess you're probably going to get to it with the hedgehogs, so maybe I should hold this comment. Uh, so yeah, if you want to, do you want to talk about the hedgehogs and then I'll circle back? Well, you to can this talk about the hedgehogs. You can talk about the hedgehogs. Okay. Well, she just, uh, in her way, she's just like saying like there's these, uh, when you have issues, maybe you're not desiring sex or whatever, that you have something. And it could be stress, work stress, or it could be an argument that you guys got into but never finished. And though she's calling those hedgehogs because they're like these little sleepy, like little hedgehogs just laying there, but you go to try to pick them up and they're spiky and so it's like hard to deal with. <laughs> right. But they're, you know, but so, um, but what I liked about when I first started listening to the TED Talk and she was talking about prioritizing sex um I, th- I thought to myself seriously you're telling me like okay so we need to make an appointment every <laughs> to have sex but that's not what no. she did because at the end she circles up and she talks about her personal experience when she was traveling a whole lot and then of course she was doing some um i don't know if she was writing a book or preparing for something but she was just like constantly researching and talking about sex and then traveling all the time so she just had no interest and her um, partner realized that and worked through it with her to get back to sex. So, I mean, not to get back to sex, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, so that they could get back to it. It was it was because he cared for her. But um, so by that, she means prioritizing sex as in, like, it's important to work through the sleepy hedgehogs right. to get back to it. And I was like, okay, yes. Like, I don't want you to tell me that I have to clear my schedule <laughs> well, to have sex. Yeah. Because that's not, that doesn't, that's not, that doesn't mean anything. Right, right. You know? uh, but to say that prioritizing it because you want to work through things to get back to it, that I'm like, yes. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. No, that's absolutely true. And one of the things, and I don't remember if it's this one or the other one that she talks about is like the importance of just like putting your skin next to your partner's skin. And just letting yourself be in that space and like, and then maybe stuff will happen, you know? And if it doesn't happen, it's fine. But like making space for that to be a thing that could happen. (laughs) Yes. yes. I was like, that is really good. That's a really good thing. I like that. So yeah, that was cool. But yeah, Um, I liked the idea too, that whenever she was talking about working through the hedgehogs, she was like, you just got to. You, you turn towards the feeling. It's like you're not like trying to work at them or make them go away or, you know, destroy them or yeah. exterminate them. You're like, I'm going to look at these feelings with kindness and then I'm just going to set them free and then we can turn back to each other. And I thought that was, yeah. that's such a mindful, that's such a like lesson from mindfulness type of way of looking at a problem. Um, yeah. So I thought that that was really cool. Like just making sure that you're turning towards each other with kindness and compassion. Um yeah, she's definitely all about um, mindfulness and meditation. She specifically talks about meditation. I don't know no, I haven't gotten there yet. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. She specifically talks about meditation. So. Awesome. Um, a couple other things she said in that particular TED Talk that I liked. She said that there's nothing more romantic or sexier than being chosen as a priority because that connection matters. And I thought that was really yeah. cool. And uh, then she also said mm-hmm. you want to that the what makes these particular connections work is that you keep choosing to find your way back. 
So it's not that like everything yeah. is always perfect. It's just you're making up you're making the other person a priority enough to continue to find the way back to that person. Yes, yeah. yes. And that yeah, that's what I was getting at is that they're important enough and to work back, you know, keep working. I mean, it's if they say marriage takes work. Right. You, know, you can't just be like, Oh, we have a problem, so F them, I'm gonna go find away, somebody you know. in my department to yeah. screw. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, you have to work through it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, completely okay. unrelated. Okay. Um, so Kai will go around and when she gets really frustrated, she goes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I was like, why does she keep growling at people? And then I realized yeah. this week, now that I'm stuck with my kids all day, like if they are driving uh-huh. me crazy and then eventually it's always, there's a very specific time when this happens. It's them pestering me or badgering me to do something. And then I finally yeah. give in, but I'm not happy about it. And so I'll turn <laughs> to them and I'll go. <laughs> and then I realized that that was where Kai yeah. got it. <laughs> copying you. Yes. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um yeah, they're just they're just little mirrors. They are. They're definitely a little, especially Kai. She's like she's very much a little <laughs> mirror. Um okay. So one more of the TED Talks. Uh yep. the keys to a happier, healthier sex life. Um and this is really where she gets into a lot of the stuff that I saw in the book. Like the idea of being normal, the idea of having confidence and joy, um, the dual control model of the brain, the the accelerator and the brakes that turn you on and turn you off. Um, yep. And then the idea was, you know, you've got these these two things working in your brain. And so sometimes you've got two, if you're having issues, you may be having too much stimulation to the brakes. Um and I wrote down a lot of stuff here because I was like, uh, you know, your kids are walking in. Like, yes. Like, yeah. Your dog staring at right. you. Yes. You know, whatever. Oh, my God. This is why I don't have uh, dogs. But yes. No, exactly. It's the, it's the worst because, <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. I mean, I guess kids are, are worse because they know, like, if you shut the door, they're going to sit there and go like, Mom. Right. Why'd you shut the door? <laughs> I mean, dogs just bark, you know, but still the barking is a, a mood. mood right. Problem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I talked about what hits your brakes and then also what hits your accelerator. So the idea is, you know, how can you, what are strategies you can use to minimize the break, breaking? Yeah, wait. Yeah, let's explain brakes and accelerators because okay. I loved this yes. idea. Like this totally resonated with me. Um, so she says there's two totally different things um, that's happening that can happen. And people are a mix of um, brakes and accelerators, but accelerators are things that obviously get you excited and those can vary from person to person and then of course brakes are things that that make your body say like "Mm, i don't really want to do this right now right but things can be like stress stress can be actually be a break for one person but be an accelerator for another yes because like where where one person may be like oh i'm stressed out i'm gonna go have a beer another person's like oh i'm stressed out i need to have sex right yeah um (laughs) and so one is not the same for someone else but um people are a mix of maybe they're they have a highly sensitive accelerator but they don't have much break and that's where you see the people that are permis quote unquote permiscuous uh because they they tend to be more on the accelerator side and then um you can have people that are have 
way more brakes, but then they have they have very little accelerators, so they have to work really hard to get past their brakes. Right. Um, and then you have people that are just like a mix of both, like an average of, you know, whatever. Right. But and in the book, she ha- gives a quiz yes. so that you can kind of figure out where you are on that spectrum. Right. And uh, I haven't taken the quiz yet, but uh, I, I like. I did. I did. Um, and I don't mind to share my, I have, I have very, I have a very sensitive accelerator. Um, and my brakes are just kind of in the middle. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Which side was your accelerator? I didn't I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. So I'm very it's much just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you ready to go? Ready, ready to, to go. go. Just ready to let's go. Hit, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say my brakes are probably higher now than, uh, than they used to. It's probably why I am where I'm at in my life. Uh, but, um, but they are my brakes are pretty normal but my excel and my accelerators are yeah. like way over it's just like you know a little bit higher so yeah but yeah well i think um the interesting thing for me was that um i didn't take just look i didn't like i did said i didn't take the brake quiz but i as she was talking through like giving examples of some of the uh-huh. brakes um i don't actually hit very many of the brakes but some of the breaks are extreme for me. Like, I obviously don't want kids. We haven't had kids and we have no intention to have kids. Right. So that is a big break. And um, I mean, I do have an IUD, so I have birth control, but they're only 99.9% sure. So, that, you know, you could, a really good swimmer could get past it. So, you know, that has been something that I have struggled with throughout my life is that I don't want kids. Right, and right. That is definitely a result of having sex as kids. And so that is something I struggle with. And so that I was just, you know, yeah, I just really loved the accelerator slash brake idea. Yeah, no, me too. I thought that was, I thought it was a very, I thought it was very interesting. I love the fact that it was based in science. Um, I did get yeah. a little squeaked, squicked, squicked, <laughs> squicked, squicked. Whenever they were talking about mice going at it, uh, that was just that that hit that what that hit my break really hard um that's so funny <laughs> i was just like i really don't want to read about the sexual uh stimulations of mice no thank you no thank you oh that's funny i mean i wouldn't want to watch a video of mice, of mice doing it but whatever just talking about it well i think it's just because I'm, have, I'm a very visual person so i tend to yeah i guess visualize so. stuff right and so immediately i'm just like yeah. i don't want to why are you giving me images of mice doing it i don't want to see this <laughs> this is not in yeah. my life no yeah. especially because she was but I think- she was very personal about it because she was like you know a mice might have a mice Female, female mice who smells like lemons and you know he's like oh yeah you smell yeah. like lemons this is sexy goodness i'm like no no mice and sexy goodness do not go together no <laughs> break 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 oh that's funny i just imagined like a little like fonzie mouse like with like a you know leather hey. jacket and like some greased back hair and he's like Hey, lady. <laughs> and I think it's funny because she even says, well, of course, he does it with both of them. Yeah, yeah. And he gets more excited with the lemon mouse. And I was just like, that little player. I also you know? got like, because she was talking about, you can tell because he had more ejaculate or whatever, or more sperm. And yes. I'm like, how did you, I don't want to know how they counted the sperm inside the mouse. Like, I don't, oh my God, this is a weird. Science. Yes. Thing. Weird. And I had the same, like, so this is unrelated 
except that it's mice. There was a story in NPR that was talking about how they create um, mice to test vaccines on or whatever. And it was very similar in the fact that they had to breed them in a certain way. And I was just like, why is there all this mice talk in my life right now? (laughs) It's like, I know I loved The Secret of Nim just like anybody else in my generation. Um, (laughs) But I was not one of those people that was turned on by Justin. Sorry. Stop me. Look, Devin, it's just the circle of life. Everybody has sex. Why am I the one telling you this? It's natural. It's natural. It's normal. It's, it's normal, normal to have sex, Devin. <laughs> those, yep. those mice are saying, yep. I am normal. All right. That's I fair. <laughs> quit, quit shaming me, Devin. I don't mean the mice shame. <laughs> I noticed that. That's funny. Yep. Um, That's funny. Um, We were talking about accelerated. Okay. All right. Um, Um, So one of the ways that she talks about like that was the idea of tickling. So sometimes depending on the context, because context has a lot to do with the way that you interpret these things. Um, Like it can be fun, playful, but if you're mad, it can make you angry. You know, it's the same sensation, but your brain's interpreting it differently. Um, yes. So I thought that that was really interesting. But at the end of the day, she says, yeah, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, I've actually heard something similar to that before, except it was about an email. Like it was related to work, but it was like, um, you know, if you got an email from someone that you like in the office that was critiquing your work, you would be like, oh, thanks so much for helping me. But then if you got that same, exact same email from someone that you disliked in the office, you would take it as like, I can't believe so-and-so is trying to diss my work. I might resemble this remark. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. And the other thing that she mentions, and I don't know um, if it's quite in this part or not, but in the book she talks about like your body can't tell the difference between um, like a lion attacking you and like, there was something very minor, like you know, yeah. Someone throws a water balloon, right, at right, you right. Or a yeah, lion attacking you. like your body just goes into defense mode and it treats all things the same. Um, and that was the same thing about when you re- read a bad email at work, like a hateful email. Like your response is the same to if like a lion was chasing. Right. You. Yes. Yes. Like, Why haven't we evolved more? It's like a damn question. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like one but, of the first yeah. lessons that my therapist gave me whenever I was like going through mindfulness and stuff. And she was just like, there's this thing called the amygdala. <laughs> and like, you <laughs> want to tame that bitch. <laughs> I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. Anywho. So tickling. Yes. Yeah, so tickling. Um, so her her idea or her her like thesis statement was that there were two keys to authentic sexual well being, and those were confidence mm-hmm. and joy. And I liked her definition of these two. She said that confidence is knowing what is true about your body, your sexuality, and your internal experience. Um, yes, which it's knowledge. It's knowledge, and then joy is yeah. loving what's true. Yes. So you got to know it, and then you got to love it. And I was like. Yeah, yes. that's what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, 
So she had a couple of suggestions about, which I think I'm going to try to do, but I haven't done yet. Like she said that you could stand in front of a mirror naked and then you could write yeah. down everything that you see that you like. And then you just keep doing that over and over and over and over again. Like every day you just like yes. take off all your clothes and look at yourself in the mirror and then like write everything. Um, and I was like, I, you know, especially with my journaling about my body. I was like, this is exactly what I probably need to do for like the rest of March. <laughs> yeah. Just well, stand in front and of the honestly, mirror and write about myself. Yeah. Yes, and that's what that's kind of what I was saying. That's actually exactly what I was saying about since I've started working out. Yes, in, in front of a mirror, but also with just a sports bra on. Um, like, yeah, I'll be like, okay, when I squat, I have a fat roll, but when I do like a bicep curl, my arms look amazing. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like so you can start to appreciate these things, like, and you're like. Okay, so you can totally turn your perspective and start appreciating the good things and then the bad things you don't even see. And quote unquote bad things. They're not even bad things. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yes. Do it. Yes. That's your challenge. (laughs) Challenge. Um, (laughs) And then the other thing you could do if nobody wants, if people are like, are too squeaky, 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 about um, what. <laughs> about wanting to look at themselves naked. Uh, you could just like get into a calm, quiet state of mind. So meditate. So I guess she does talk about that. So you visualize a door. Yeah. But she talks about it more. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the book. Um, yeah. She has a whole chapter, I think. Oh, awesome. But uh, but yeah, so visualize a door. door, shine a beacon of kindness and compassion on that door. Um, think about how that it was constructed to help you survive and maybe you're ready to open it and then you're going to turn towards it with kindness and compassion. So it's like, you know. Yeah, because she specifically, in that case, because also like trauma victims right. need that door. So that's what she means by survive um, because you may, be a tra- you may be a trauma victim and that door may need to be shut right now. But, you know, it's okay to leave it shut, but at some point it'll open. Right, blah, blah, blah. right. Yeah. Either way. Your body is perfect just the way it is. That is. That's, that's right. <laughs> yep. Um, but that's that's all I got. I mean, I've only gotten about 15% into the book and I really, really like it. It's it's very much more of the same um, so far. Yeah. And yes. uh, except just more details Absolutely. and like, you know, very specific stories and, and cool quizzes like Stacey already mentioned. But um, <laughs> yeah, Stacey, what about you? Is there any other like main points or key takeaways or thoughts that we haven't mentioned yet so this was um i do have two notes um that and this is more of course factual i'm all about the data and facts and all that kind of stuff (laughs) in the very beginning of the book uh she kind of just talks about uh body parts and um the science behind like men and women Men and women actually start out exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah. And then this hormone wash thing. Wash? Yeah. I think think that's what she called it. (laughs) It's like an egg wash. This hormone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This hormone wash comes over your body. And either you you react to the bits or you don't. Um, And that's how we form things. So, for example, nipples on men. They are there because we start the same. Right. So they are completely worthless, useless, no reason for men to have them. It's just that Aww. we start the same so they don't go away. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
But the two things that I thought was really interesting from that section in particular was, um, one, the hymen has nothing to do with Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting, Um, too. It is. Yes, it is actually just a leftover from evolution. Um, And correct me if I get any of this wrong, but uh, because... I, when I listen to books instead of reading, because I'm listening to it in audiobook, I obviously, like, sometimes you're just doing other things. Right, but, yeah. So if I say anything incorrect, please correct me. But I think I got it right. Um, has It's left over from just, like, the evolution of the bits, the, the, the body bits. Right, right. And um, it actually grows back. And so, like, whenever, whatever yours is, that's what it'll be. Right. And so, like, you know, when you're younger or maybe even still now or whatever you're you're taught that your hymen is intact and while you're a virgin and then when it's broken that's when you lose your virginity and blah 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 but coming to find out like you have sex and then you don't have sex for like a year and you come back and you could be a virgin all over again you know like um not that you are a virgin but i'm saying standards like a guy would think you were a virgin i guess if he thought that your hymen was intact but um, I thought that was super interesting that that's just something that um, I don't even know. Western medicine or uh, it's probably everywhere. I don't science. Right. Yeah. Not wrong. Science uh, has uh, put into play. And then so like women were judged on if their hymen was there or not. Yeah, it's so crazy. Don't even, like. Yeah. They just don't even I'm trying have to remember it. where like, I heard this. Um, but at some point, and maybe I saw it in a movie, I don't know, but I feel like there was, there was a practice at some point in some culture where they would put like a white sheet down, like, Mm -hmm. and then check to see if there was blood and if there was not blood, then like, you know, yes, that's so crazy. Cause obviously it wasn't even a thing. (laughs) No, no. Um, the other thing is, and I didn't, because I'm listening to it in audio, I didn't write down all the bits, but uh, the vagina is actually just the entry tube. Um, it's not the whole bit. Right. Like, yes. Like, what you see is not the vagina, and everyone calls it the vagina. And she's like, I like that she's like, um, you know, that's like referring to your face as the nose. Yes, exactly. You know? Right. She's the vagina is a very small piece of the whole thing. Um, and so I think that's really funny. And I would say a lot of women don't even know that they're just like, yeah, my vagina, blah, blah, blah. And they're it's like, that's you just your birth con- canal area. Yes, like yes. you've got labia, yes. you've got pubis mounds, you've got Vul- vulva. vulva, you've got all kinds of stuff happening vulva. down there. Vulva. Yeah. Vulva. But there should be, there probably should be a name for the whole thing. I, I, I think there should be. <laughs> well, there's not, I mean, like just, you know, I, I think that's hard though, because every single, every single part has its own functionality. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, cause guys also have different parts and every single part has its own name. Yeah. So it's not like there's, well, that's you true. know. It would be like, yeah. It would be like you. I mean, I guess you could say like your fate. Like you could have like a, a name yeah, that would be like your I mean. face for your, for yes. that area. So yeah, <laughs> we need to come up with we one. Need a face for our genitalia. Yeah, face for. Our... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Uh, oh my god, yes. Um, no, that was really interesting. And I like, I thought you were just going to talk about how, you know, everybody always jokes about the fact that you have a penis and you're like, yes, yeah, see, it's true. I do. <laughs> That's true. I mean, people on the podcast don't know that joke. Oh, sorry. Yes. 
<laughs> That's okay. I don't care that you said it, but yeah, there's this for some reason this inside joke that that Stacy has a penis. I don't know. Um for various reasons. I don't yeah, I could go into the things, but yeah, it's an inside joke in our group and so there you go. Yep. Yeah, I do. Yep. And I do too. I was I mean, wait, I do buy this book statement. Right, exactly. I don't actually have a penis. I just want to make that clear that I don't <laughs> Just have in a, case anybody I mean, was confused. Uh, yeah, just in case. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I actually um, thought it was really I, cool because especially with my gender, like, things that I'm, my gender exploration that I'm happening, I'm like, yeah, see, <laughs> I am both. That's Yes, fun. yes, absolutely. Oh, in fact, she mentions um, Hedwig. Oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. Inch. I haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah. She mentions that too. I'm excited about that. Um, so, yeah, I think this lady is like your best friend. That is so awesome. Yeah, I was so, like, I was a little disappointed at the very beginning because she was very clear to be like, I'm not explaining how what it's like to be trans or, you know, this isn't referred to like genderqueer people. And I was like, oh. But then, like, I think it's still very relevant. Like, you know, as a, gender, yeah, as a genderqueer I, person, I feel like it's very relevant um, as someone who yes, grew up I, a certain way because, you know. Yes, and I think she just said that based purely on the scientific piece. Right. Well, that's, yeah. Um, Yeah, and so, and I think because she is a science nerd, she doesn't want to misspeak, and there just isn't enough research. So I don't think, I think still the emotional trigger piece, I mean, all of that kind of stuff is still right. Well, I mean, in a lot of the stuff, even though it's aimed towards women, her book is still very much talking in a way that I feel is relevant towards men, too. I mean, she talks very specifically about, like, female genitalia and, like, the the experience that women have had in our culture. Um, But a lot of the stuff that she talks about around that, I still feel is probably relevant to not just women. So... Yeah, yeah, actually, almost, it's almost, she could almost be considered reverse sexist because, um, I mean, I'm not saying she is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, she is um, saying, oh, we know perfectly how men's sex drive works, and we're just, we're just projecting that on women, but that's not the case, and here's why. But it's very, it could very easily be that we have misunderstood men's sexuality and some of this relates as well. Right, like, no, that's true. There's nothing to say that that isn't as also true. Um, so there's a little bit of assumption. There. Right, no, that's true. And I feel like, at least in my experience, and maybe it's just the, the specific partners I've chosen in my life, um, I, I feel like the stuff, the, the advice that is for me would also be good advice for them as well, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I in fact told James to listen to it tonight because I said, I said one, um, it won't hurt anything, you know, and he burns through audiobooks, <laughs> right, right, like nobody's business. So I'm like, it won't hurt anything. Um, it may help you understand things in general. And I said, you know, and I think some things you could, uh, you know, like appreciate some of the things she's right, exactly. So, yeah, I I totally agree. Awesome. Um, yeah. Did you? No, I'm not gonna ask you that. Never mind. I'll ask you that after. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I've got some things to talk to you about. I'll okay. Too. <laughs> well, we'll talk about mirrors and uh, experiences after. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly one of the things that we're going to talk about. All right. Well, uh, if you uh, if you okay. will go to our Patreon page. <laughs> yeah. 
you can you can hear you this, can hear uh, all about us finding our clitor clitorises <laughs> exploring exploring Clitor- Clitor- yeah. clitorises yeah what's the i mean it was just homework <laughs> i was just preparing for the podcast <laughs> that's right that's right well gotta go do my homework all right well you know <laughs> what is the plural of clitoris now i'm confused now i'm curious Clitorises? Clitorises. Clitoris explains it all. (laughs) Title. This this episode is gold. Um, I don't find plural of clitorises. Clitorises. (laughs) Because people don't typically have more than one, so. (laughs) But you could have more. Well, never mind. (laughs) You could be experiencing more than one at the same time. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> and if you have more than one, that's perfectly normal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so true, though. Yep. Yep. I love this episode. This is beautiful. See, and you were so yep. worried. You were so squeaking. 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 I was squeaking. But actually, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right. Well, uh, it's like an hour, so you're probably, yep. probably in this now. Yeah. Uh, but I love you, Stacy. I love you too, and we'll talk in a minute. We will. Okay. All right. All right bye. bye. <laughs> Should we keep recording? <laughs> a Hoots Media Production. Hoot, 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 ho